Well, hello and welcome uh, to this gathering on this Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, moms. This day is a day both with celebration for many and sorrow for others for varied nuances we could get into in each one of our stories. Yet I want you to know the wonder, beauty, and power and strength of each of you ladies is found in no matter whether you find yourself in celebration or sorrow today, is found in the grand redemptive love of the Father. Through Jesus Christ and the great deposit of his Holy Spirit. So I want you to know that today, that your beauty and your strength and your power is found in Christ and Christ alone. So as we think about our moms and women who have made incredible imprints and impacts in our lives, I, I want to ask a couple of questions today. First one is this, what is one of the great virtues of a good mother, first? And then secondly, what is a great gift you could give one another and mothers every single day? Every single day. Well, to be able to answer these questions, I've asked Ariel Klutz to assist me this morning by reading scripture. So Ariel, if you want to come right out, uh, turn to Colossians chapter 3, and uh, she will begin to read verse 12 through 17 as a way to honor, as a, as a way to honor God's word. Would you stand uh, for the reading as Ariel reads for us this morning? Thank you. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to him through God the Father. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Ariel. I'll let you take your Bible too. You may be seated. Colossians 3.12 says, Since God chose you to be, be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Today we will focus our thoughts and our lives on kindness. Thus, the title of today's message is Try on Kindness. Kindness is not, something, is not something you think only in your head, right? Kindness is when you act in love, Jesus' kind of love. Here, our slogan is live out love. That love is not wrapped around what other people think about love, but only what Jesus demonstrated and what God desires us to live out. This great commandment type of love. Love God, love all others, and the great commission type of love to go and make disciples. That's the love that we talk about. These are both loving and kind actions to think and to do. 
They are to be about us. Yet kindness in our culture is a buzzword these days, isn't it? Uh, But the way others think about and speak about kindness may and probably is quite different than God's demonstration and what we see in the word of God. How many of you have heard or maybe have used these phrases, be yourself, be yourself, or you do you, you do you, can If you've used those phrases, I am sure that you meant well. I'm sure you meant well. Yet in our culture, in our day, those buzzwords do not mean a God-designed creation you're meant to be. They are not, they're not thought of in that way. They're framed differently. These These phrases mean do what you feel is right in the moment which is far different than the long-term effects of what God desires for you to be and to do, right? It's feel what feels, do what's right in that moment. And when we think about scripture, we think of these two verses, one in Isaiah 53, 6, we all like sheep have gone astray. All of us have turned to our own way. Uh, Or Proverbs 3, 5, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In these, we we recognize that our thinking can be a little faulty at times. Our feelings can misalign us to the God designed in us, right? It's, we have to be careful about those phrases. How many of us uh, have as kids as teens as young adults or maybe even adults have done something you thought was right in the moment but you didn't truly think it all the way through Uh, you realized a little bit later and maybe not too much later that it was the wrong thing wrong thing to do right how many have found yourself in that place and if you haven't raised your hand can I just tell you you're probably lying right now Because everyone has. Everyone has done something that they've thought was right in the moment. But we found out later that it's not. And so when we use that, when that word and uh, that idea of kindness is used, we we tend to find out that, wow, we, we lose our way in them. Some of these consequences of our actions of being yourself and you do you have uh, shorter lingering effects. Thus, we don't feel the sting of it, but some of them have longer lingering effects and some of us are still feeling the sting of those decisions we made in those moments that seemed right to us. Uh, Let's do a simple one because this can uh, unearth a lot of pain in many of us. How about baking a cake? If we replace baking powder with, baking, with powdered sugar because we, they look the same, similar, right? And we like powdered sugar far better than we like baking powder. We will soon find out what we thought will work just won't work. It, it won't create the cake we're desiring. And that's the point. I think I'm making with this idea of we think kindness is wrapped around these phrases of you do you, be yourself. But they can be 
disastrous when they're, when they're not thought through and they're not wrapped in the God-desired design of who he created you to be. The, the Psalm 139, he created you in your, in your mother's womb. So kindness of the culture is steeped in the currency of tolerance, affirmation, and acceptance. This type of kindness not, will not result in a loving, uh, in a loving truth-filled culture. What is resulting is an ever-increasing unkindness. Have you noticed this? Uh, an ever-increasing divisiveness, an ever-increasing contemptuousness. It could be very well that this brand of kindness is lacking the love and truth of Jesus, which does, which does fulfill the hungry heart. It's the only love that does, the, the only kindness that does. Cultural kindness is more about tolerance, being nice and enduring differences without complaining than it is about love. It asks us to be pleasant to those who are different from us. It doesn't call us to love them. It's a big difference. When kindness exists without love, it quickly becomes insincere, something we do because we're supposed to do it. But kindness without love isn't kindness at all. It's an imitation at the very best. When we hunger for kindness from, from, mom, from rooted moms, and all people who follow Jesus, who live in a love, we hunger for this love that's rooted in this, this, this love that's truth-giving, grace-giving, that self-sacrificing love that the cultural kindness doesn't even have come close to. What does that look like? What does this type of kindness, this biblical framework of kindness look, look like? couple of verses for us to consider. Psalm 145, 17 says, The Lord is righteous in all his ways. He's right and kind in all his works. You can be right and kind. It doesn't have to be either or. And sometimes in our culture, we see that it's either or. You're right or you're kind. Uh, you are a God of forgiveness, gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. Now that phrase, loving kindness, is, is a, it is a com compound word in the English. But in the Old Testament, it's the word hesed. This hesed is loving kindness used to describe God and how he relates to his people. It is also this loving kindness that he desires from his people in response to his own. As Hosea 6.6 6 says, I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice. The knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. Mere niceness or kindness, burnt offerings and sacrifices that go through the motions of devotion without love, God doesn't delight in. He wants us to be fully, fully His Unlike cultural kindness, Hesed captures the steadfast and sacrificial love of God who refuses to abandon a people who are radically different from him, who anger him, who fall again and again. Biblical kindness, therefore, must be rooted in this kind of covenantal love that endures at all costs. At all costs. Our kind God doesn't merely tolerate us or endure us. With distaste, he loves us with a fierce kindness that is more committed to our own well-being than we are. Uh, we need to come to that understanding that oftentimes 
Our well-being and our way of getting it is not his way of getting it. Our way of being. God the Father sent Jesus Christ to extend us to us the ultimate kindness, our salvation. But in Christ, we're also set apart to be transformed into the likeness by through his spirit that produces godly fruit in us. Uh, fruit like kindness from Galatians uh, 5.22. This is the calling God placed on God's people to be this loving kindness, uh, not just mere cultural kindness to put on this kindness that is filled with love in all our interactions caring about the well-being of others and speaking the truth and love in the same manner that our heavenly father does that's a tall order that is a tall order yeah that's what he desires for us this is one of the great virtues of a good mother it's also the great gift you can give to your mother and to each other as you live out love. Yet what, in a few words, does this look like? What does this kindness look like? To be kind is to be sensitive. To be sensitive. Uh, Philippians 2.4 says, Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. When we think about looking out at other people's interests, we have to take stock of what our life looks like. Uh, maybe even open our calendars a little bit and say, hmm, how, how busy are we? How full is it? You see, when we get busy, we're, no, we're not able to see other people as they're moving about and around us. Only see the things that we have on our calendars. Only be pop position to do those things so busy gets in the way of kind often it squeezes us from being able to be sensitive to those people around us who are moving past us in life when I have my agenda my goals my desires my thing I don't have time to be kind not the biblical kind of kind not not the one that invests in the kind of love that God has for me and, my, and the love he wants me to give to others, it doesn't have that. We are, when we're aware, we really care. We become aware of the needs around us. And this is what we realize, that it's not just the people who raise their hand who are going through a tough time, that it's everybody's going through a tough time. That's what happens when we are sensitive, when we realize, oh, they're not asking for help, but they probably need some help. They, they, they're not asking for us to be their friend, but they probably need us to be their friend. That's what it means to, be love, to live in the loving kindness, this biblical framework. To be kind is to be supportive, to be supportive. And one of the best ways we're supportive is through our speech to one another, which is, well, if we're online, seems to be pretty difficult these days. And sometimes it comes short even when we're in person because we're so busy, we don't have time to spend time in the supportive words to one another. We're just heading off into whatever we need to do. Proverbs 15.4 says, The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. A few weeks ago, we did the HOPE workshop. Uh, 
David reminded us of this phrase that often was said to us, but is so untrue. Uh, Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. The reality of that is so untrue. Some of us have swallowed this untruth and have kind of said, you can't hurt me with your words. But the reality is we have been hurt. And the way we speak to one another is, is, it's got to be more kind, more supportive, more encouraging. Uh, I was with some brothers on Tuesday morning, men's group, and we were reading through a passage in Colossians. And one of the, one of the brothers said, as we were kind of taking a look at this passage, I cannot believe how encouraging Paul is. I mean, all the things that he has gone through and the things that he has to address or is addressing and will address in the, in the church and the letter that we're looking at is just incredible. But his words are, if I may, this is not what this brother said, are supportive. They're supportive. And we too need to be supportive in our words. That's what kindness is. It doesn't mean that we, we'll get to it, that we sideline the truth. But we can be supportive in our words. So let me ask a few questions. How much do you support other people with your words? Are you an encourager or a discourager? Do you lift people up or do you put them down? Do you give them strokes or pokes? Do you nag or brag on your children? If God was to have a contest and say, I'm going to give you every dollar for every kind word you have said in this last week, how much money would you have in your pocket right now? Right? Oh, Be supportive with your words. You can do it. Not because I believe it, but because the Spirit can give you the ability to do it. The power, the deposit of the Holy Spirit is incredible. We need to be, to be kind is to be sympathetic. And I know in this day and age, we're we're talking more about empathy and there's going to be a little blurring here. I get that. But I had to stay with the yeses, so you'll go with me here. Romans 12, 15 says, be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who are weep. We need to share with the emotions of others. Uh, Truly, uh, those who are good leaders, uh, those who are good moms and dads, uh, are those who know how to express emotion and do it properly. Uh, They also know what it is to, to give and to take. I mean, Jesus himself knew this. What, what, what's the shortest sentence in the Bible for those who are Bible scholars? Yeah, he wept at his, at his friend's grave. If Jesus, who gives us the grand demonstration of what love is and what kindness is, can weep, we can too. We can join people when they're hurting One of the quickest ways and the best ways to your young adult's heart is sympathy. Uh, I'm not sure I always grasp this all the time, right? But I think it's there. Everything in a young adult's life is, is, is it. It's what they focus on. It is the world. And when they get a pimple right? When, when they get a one bad grade, it's the end of the world for some. And it would do us a little bit of 
do us a little bit of favor to walk with them into that. To say it's no big deal, which I probably did too many times. On a day like this, and a Father's Day too, you kind of make those reflections. You go, ah. So let me give you a few moments. Just, just walk with them into it. Just don't tell them that they'll get over it. They will, but you don't have to tell them that, right? To have the relationship with your teenagers or your young adults is to walk in it with them. Be sensitive, be supportive, be sympathetic. I think to be kind is this, to be straightforward or to be truth-telling. Sometimes kindness means we need to be candid and frank, leveling with people, telling them where they're blowing it and where they're making the mistake. And I get it, there's a balance here that all of these S's, all of these S's will give to you that you have to figure out. But wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. And I think somewhere along the line that we may have even forgotten that at times. Uh, Psalm 141.5 says, Let the godly strike me. It will be a kindness. If they correct me, it is a soothing medicine. Don't let me refuse it. It's just kind of this pleading on behalf of the psalmist. Lord, don't let me lose my way on this because this, this is right. You know, a genuine friend will come along and say, uh, dude, man, you're, I think you're blowing it. Uh, you know, if you continue to walk in this direction, I do think that there will be a train wreck. I, I can't guarantee it, but I think. So let me walk with you in this. Sometimes in this world uh, that we're living in today, that we think that being kind means it's not our business. And it's easy to step out of that. It really is because it's, it is seems to be easier in the moment, right? Relationally. But let me encourage you with a balance of what I'm giving you today. I think that we can be honest with one another and with brothers and sisters that we're walking with. I know that a good mother is able to be straightforward, to be honest with their children. They're able to speak into and it's one of the gifts that they desire, I believe, to be able to give to others. If you're going to be kind to a person, you need to be sensitive, you need to be supportive, you need to be sympathetic, and you need to be straightforward. To be kind is to be spontaneous in this way. Don't wait to act to be kind. Don't wait. When you've got time to do it, do it. Whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith, Galatians 6.10 says. So when should I be kind? Anytime I see a need. Anytime I see a need. We've all done things, and you've had something done for you that's been really nice, and, and we think in our heads, I've done this often, ah, I need to write them a note. I, I need to send them something, right? And yet we forget I think when we're, when we're living in the kindness, we, we just do it in the moment. Uh, we make the phone call. We say the prayer. Uh, there may have been times where you realize that, oh, I haven't, I haven't been kind. Uh, I haven't done this act that I should do, right? How many know all your neighbors or some of them do you not know because you moved in or they moved in and it's been like two or three years and you're just like, they know you've lived there that long, 
but now going to their door would be kind of almost an embarrassment. Can I just tell you, do it anyway. Step out. Opportunities to show kindness are, are wonderful. They, they help us to break the ice. They help us to move into and seize the opportunity to be kind as Jesus would want us to be kind. It could be as simple as doing the dishes in the house. Yep, uh, maybe this one person always does them, but you see them and all of a sudden you go, oh, I'll step in, I will do that, right? Or it's making a meal, it's mowing the lawn. I, I don't know what it would be for you, but there are so many things that we go, yeah, I could do that, but there's a reason why there's a nudge, right? Just a few moments ago, I was talking to uh, somebody, and there is something that happens to our brains when we, when we act on what we think about that is good. Our, our brains and our bodies start to work together. And when we think about the things that are good, but then don't do them, there's a fight that's going on. There's this tension. And then after a while, there's just no more tension. It just goes away. Uh, we want to seize those opportunities to be spontaneous, to do those things that need to be done now. Now, a classic example of this in the Bible, of really all of what we've talked about, is the Good Samaritan. Is the Good Samaritan. When he saw the need, the man had been beaten and robbed and mugged. His clothes were taken. He was battered. He was lying along the roadside. Two religious leaders, yep, pastors, had passed him by and not done anything. They hadn't done anything. This guy saw the person in need and he stopped immediately. He met the need. He was spontaneous to the moment. He, he didn't think twice. He, he felt for him. He was sympathetic to the situation. He took him down the road and, uh, well, he bandaged him up, took him down to the road to the nearest Holiday Inn and let him put it on the American Express to cover the bills and he said, I'll come back later. I mean, would you do that? For a total stranger? Contrast that with the two guys, two religious pastors who the guy, they saw the guy in plane and they began a calculation in their head. They just began to go, is this tax deductible? How, how, you know, does this count for, you know, I gave it the off, all of these things. They began to think about them instead of doing what they automatically would come normally and naturally. Thinking about the cost in some of those situations of being kind are often to our detriment, not to our benefit. And I'm grateful for brothers and sisters around me who challenge me on a regular basis to this spontaneous, sympathetic kindness. They just challenge me on this. It's just a wonderful thing. So who can you can be kind? Who can you be kind to this week? Uh, look around. No matter who you are in this room, there's somebody that you can encourage who's been discouraged. People that are hurting and bleeding in certain ways that you can then speak into. You just need to be sensitive to open your eyes to those around you. How about at home? Who who do you take for granted? Who could you serve? How about at work? Who is it that, well, you know, it's, it's easier to, 
walk past their office than actually to give them attention because if, they, if you did, they might take more of your time than what you would want. You start to calculate all of that. How about at school? Yeah, at school. Do you think it's possible to be kind of that person who nobody else is kind to? To invite them in? Yep, the nerd, the jerk, the outcast, the person that nobody likes to be around. Do you think it would be good and right to invite them in? And yep, you might become part of the unpopular list. That's okay. You don't get, big, you don't get invited to the big party. But you get to act as Jesus would want you to act. How about a church? Do you speak to people you don't know? I do have to say that our church is really good at speaking to people who are new uh, and, and are with us. I, I, I greatly appreciate it. But the question still stands. Do you, do you speak to people? Do you invite people? Do you encourage people that are around you? It, we can all probably take steps a little bit more, especially if busy gets in the way of being kind. Busy gets in the way of kind. We would never want to hear anybody leave without hearing that they, somebody didn't say hi to them or smile at them or shake their hand, right? We want not just friendliness. We want, as Jason said, we're a family. We want you to feel as if you're a family here. Let me ask this. How about the friend who doesn't know about Jesus? Yeah, that person. You know, the kindest thing you could do to somebody who does not know about Jesus is to share Jesus with them. Now, we may know that in our minds, but we just may have not gotten around to it in our actions. Tell them that God loves them. It's the kindest thing you can do. Do you, do you realize that, uh, that you're the only Bible that some will ever read, ever see, ever encounter? You are a living Bible for some. Why, why am I talking about this? The follower of Jesus is a life of kindness. The follower of Jesus is a life of kindness. The Bible tells us Jesus is the kindness of God and Titus 3, 4. Jesus is the kindness of God incarnate in flesh and person and body. He gave his all for us. If you're ever going to be like Jesus, we have to learn to be kind. Uh, the biblical kind, and not necessarily the cultural kind. The, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 2, husbands, kindness is the mark of spiritual leadership. We can know a lot about the Bible. We can know a lot about our church and its functions and its organization. But if we're not exercising kindness, we're not exercising love, we're missing the opportunities that God places before us. So the mark of a Jesus follower is kindness. It's love in action. Romans in the Rome, Romans in the Roman Empire used to confuse two Greek words. Two Greek words. Christos, which means Christ, and or Christian, as they would use it, or Christos, which means kind. They were always confusing the two. I can't think of a better confusion, can you? 
that they would think of a follower of Jesus and they would think, oh no, they're always kind. It would be beautiful to have them synonymous. It's true though, right? The questions I asked earlier, when you think about good mothers, whether you have one, you had one, or you desired something different, you recognize that kindness, a, a biblical framework of kindness is, is a mark of a good mother, right? I think so. And the greatest gift you can give your mother is to be kind. A, a Jesus-loving kindness kind. So what are the next steps? What do we do now? Uh, let me just ask. Uh, we can, or let me just pose this. Serve. Serve. Where can you serve without any return? See, we're, we're poised to calculate whether we're going to get something or not. It's the way our life works. Am I going to feel too tired after this? Am I going to be expended beyond what I can endure? Am I going to give away too much money? Am I going to give away too much of our time? I mean, where can you serve without any ret return? So find a place where you can give out and not have to worry about getting back. Where you can say, this is just what I'm going to do because it's, it's the right thing and it's where the Lord is calling me. Where can you serve without any return? And then, secondly, act kind. Act kind. So there, here's the... Here's the challenge this week. Do seven secret acts of kindness. Where can you serve without any return? Where, so act kind. Do seven secret acts of kindness this week. Figure out where you can do that in, right? Uh, you don't have to look for a return from it, but just act kind this week. It's a great mark of a good mother, and it's a great mark of a follower of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I'm grateful that you are kind to us. Romans tells us it's your kindness that leads us to repentance. And if it's your kindness that leads us to repentance, Father, through your Son, Jesus Christ, Father, we have been given the grandest gift. So, Lord, allow us to give that grand gift to you, to be kind to others, to allow them to see Jesus living and active through us. Father, we're grateful for our mothers who were kind, who were sympathetic. They, they saw our need before we even spoke our need often. That they were supportive. They encouraged us. They told us the truth. They were straightforward. Lord, we're grateful for that. And we're grateful for the spontaneous actions that often were given to us. Thank you for that. Father, now I ask, Lord, that you would help us to be kind to others, to all others all around us. Lord, fill us with your spirit. Give us the great desire to be kind, to go beyond, to not count the cost, just like the Good Samaritan, and to give and allow the fruit of redemption and the kingdom to take place. Lord, lead us there today. In Jesus' name.